When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. All right, here we go on a, an Illini Friday. Great to have you with us on a penny for your thoughts. Up until 11 o'clock and uh, getting ready to go to Bloomington, Indiana. We'll all be headed that way. We'll have complete coverage, News Gazette, radio, print, digital, streaming, you name it. It'll all be there coming up uh, tonight. 7 o'clock kickoff over at the other Memorial Stadium. Sometimes they call it the Rock. And we haven't been over there in nine years, believe it or not. Haven't played Indiana in Bloomington in nine years. We're back over there tonight. And our show today, in connection with all of that, brought to you by OSF Cardiovascular Institute. Your heart is their mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash beat, B-E-A-T. All right, a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, first of all, we've got an open line here this first hour, and then we'll have uh, Janet Summers in from Ollie over at the University of Illinois, the Osher folks. Uh, we'll have her in, talk about the new semester for a few minutes, and then back to an open line to finish it up up until 11 o'clock today. I'll be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week over the Labor Day weekend. Scott Beatty will be in the chair next week for the first three days. I'll be back on Thursday with a full show. I'll be back in time for the uh, Brett Bielema radio show coming up next Wednesday night. Anyway, good to have you with us today. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS. Dot com. City and school district make their case to McKinley Field neighbors as far as playing a Saturday football game. Now, you can read about all of that in the News Gazette. Of course, originally Champaign Central was going to play Urbana. Now Urbana's not fielding a varsity football team, as we've all heard. So now it is Wheaton-St. Francis coming to town to play. Right now, the game will be at Tommy Stewart Field over at Centennial. But they're trying to get that moved, and there's some moving pieces there. Neighborhood folks say uh, they may be asking for one game, but we think it'll be more games in the future. And the other folks are saying, no, we just want this Saturday game. Let our kids have an experience at McKinley Field. That will play out. But uh, we're coming up on the date here pretty soon, so something's going to have to get resolved at some point one way or the other. Questions about Medicare coverage for State of Illinois retirees with open enrollment approaching in October. 
Headline of the News Gazette today says there's simply no information available other than trust us. Story involving Aetna and United Healthcare when it comes to Medicare and Medicare enrollment coming up here in about, uh, what, five, six weeks, I guess. President Biden with a speech in Philadelphia, reaction pouring in on that. You may have a thought or two along the way, I would think. And the reaction's pretty, as you might expect, pretty strong one way or the other on what he had to say about uh, MAGA Republicans. Line-Eye football at Indiana tonight. We'll hear a little bit uh, during the course of the morning from Brett Bielema, Ryan Walters, and Barry Lunny. The uh, celebration of the end of World War II on this date, September 2nd, 1945, and some other things that have happened in history along the way. So all of those topics, or none of those topics, it's up to you here for a good part of the show today. A little bit from Ollie in the uh, second hour at 10 o'clock for a little bit. And finish it up on Illini Friday here today up until 11. Then we'll talk to you tonight in Bloomington, Indiana. 9-10, a break. We'll get it started. Your phone calls, reaction, etc. Should be interesting. Back after this on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Nine thirteen on a penny for your thoughts. OSF presenting our uh, show today. On call urgent care, offering quick and convenient care for people on the go. Six convenient locations serving Champaign Urbana and the surrounding area. Champaign, Danville, Marketplace uh, there in Mantoon and on Broadmeadow and Rantoul, treating minor illnesses, sore throats, earaches, cold, flu, etc. Open eight a.m. to eight p.m. every day, including holidays. Online appointment scheduling at OSF On Call. Dot org slash urgent care. Same day walk in visits. No appointment necessary. Get you in and out in 40 minutes or less. Sports physicals, occupational health services, drug tests, anything like that you need done. OSF on call urgent care. Quick and convenient care for people on the go. All right, let's go to the phones here. Already uh, up and humming. Let's go to Jay. How you doing, Jay? Great. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I find it I find it interesting. All the years that Tommy Stewart and Rich Woolley and Lee Kabuti were football coaches at Champaign High School, they coached at McKinley Field. And Tommy Stewart did not coach out at Centennial. He coached at New Street. And back then, it was fine to play the games there. Now that we spent $7.1 million of taxpayer money, oh, we can't play the games there. So kind of an interesting argument. And uh, also yesterday you had a gentleman call in about the window tent issue. Yeah. And I, I just met an emergency vehicle down south of Solono, and it had heavily tinted front windows. I've seen state police cars with heavily tinted front windows, fire chief cars with heavily tinted front windows. So I'm not for sure what the rule is currently. I think <laughs> it depends on who's driving. Yeah, I don't know what the tinting – I never have thought about tinting my windows anyway, so I don't even – I don't even study it, but right. So, anyway, but, but so, the football field—the football field issue—is interesting and amazing. What happens with the passage of time? And now McKinley Field's not okay by the neighborhood, but you know, 50 years ago, it was the place to be on Friday nights. 
Yeah. Well, if you go back to the, uh, and you're right, it was. Uh, if you go back, I think what the neighborhood folks are saying, some of them anyway, not all, but some, are saying is, hey, you agreed to this in the original agreement, whatever it was, five years ago, and now you're and now you're saying, well, just do one game, and they don't believe them that it's only going to be one game. So right. Oh, I, I I understand. And one of the previous athletic directors at Central was the guy that really pushed to have that field renovated and all that money spent. And he left the district and went up north. And I said at the time, I said they're going to play varsity football games there. They're not spending seven million dollars for freshman sophomore games, <laughs> but maybe they are. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, I don't know what went to the original agreement to do that, but uh, hopefully they can work it out. Uh-huh. Well, have, right. have fun in Bloomington. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jay. Uh, yep, good bye. to hear from you. 916 at DWS. Tiny's up next. Hello, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Well, this is easy today. Uh, you know, this guy, they call him a president, but he's not a leader in any stretch of the imagination. He. He never was a leader. He never will be a leader. He's so dumb that he's accusing me. I'm see. I didn't know it, but I'm a I'm a mega. I'm a <laughs> I'm a mega Republican. I thought he was saying mega M E G. Anyway, I finally found that out yesterday. I'm I'm one of those no goods. But he says that we're ruining the, the democracy. Well, what do you think he's doing? He's He's almost turned this country into a socialist country already. He's only been in there a pinch over a year and a half. But, you know, he's, he's so... Uh, but let's get to the speech. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever, ever come close to hearing anybody sound as much like, you know, these the Democrats is always accusing Trump of being the Hitler type and the Mussolini type, et cetera. Well, listen to that speech last night. I've, I've absolutely heard firsthand Hitler speak on the movies. Go to Pathé News, go to the movie, and they had Pathé News. Anybody old enough? That's 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 that was our television back then. That's where we got all of our news. And Hitler would be giving his speech and shaking his head. And throwing his arm up, and uh, everything he said was mean-hearted. Well, this buzzard last night—he's worse than Hitler. He's—he's—he's so—he's so. Uh, I don't know. I—I I don't have the vocabulary to use here. He's so infatuated with choking the, the Republicans to death. All we are is his opponents. We're not his enemy. We don't, we we, we're not out, you know, we're not out, that's not what's going on. This man is so full of hate, he can, if that, if he's got a Bible in the house, he ought to burn it. Because you don't have that much hate in you. And I don't, I don't think he uses the Bible anyway anymore, the way he's uh, whining about uh, the um, last, uh, Supreme, you know, Court. Supreme Court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, hey, you read my mind. You, yeah, you're good. Yeah. At that. I knew where you were going. You're good. At that. Yeah, you could, Brian. <laughs> but they, uh, this is terrible. You know, uh, this guy up there, he's so he sounded like Hitler. I was sitting there thinking, they were. I didn't get to hear all of it. All I heard was uh, 
what they was given on Fox, they was giving us short spurts of it, and uh, they weren't. I mean, they, they weren't telling us what it was. They we were hearing it, and uh, this is Hitler if there ever was one. He's he's not quite down to uh, Mussolini or uh, Stalin. He's not. Hitler was mean. He was a he was sneaky mean. You know, he killed millions and millions of people. Well. Mussolini, he killed a few Italians and a few few everybody else, and and Stalin, he killed millions of people. So, but this guy's hate, hate, hate every day. Every day he's preaching hate. That's not a leader. That is not a leader. I don't care what all these Democrats say. They're they're out here today saying what a great speech he gives. Are you crazy? Give me a break. Hmm. Let's, let's, let's quit this stupidity of being so dumb because you're a Democrat or a Republican. All you can do is cheer for your side. If this jughead is is wrongheaded, call him out. Call him out. Be man enough. Be man or woman enough. I'm challenging all you Republican, uh, Democrats to be man enough if I see you on the street saying this guy's a jughead. I mean it. Hmm. All right, I sir. I can't be any meaner if I was Biden today. All right. Hey, <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> Have a good weekend, yeah. okay? Yeah. Very good. 921 at DWS. The, I'm always fascinated by the words people use and the language they use. And I'm I'm trying to figure out, I think there was a term he used, he called uh, MAGA Republicans semi-fascist. And I'm like, okay, semi-fascist? What What do you mean by that? You're, it's like you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. You're either fascist or you're not. So what What are you What are you trying to say? Semi-fascist. And we've gone from the basket of deplorables that Hillary Clinton used. A lot of headlines that um, people are writing about editorial-wise. One headline here says Joe Biden calls GOP a threat to democracy. Another writer says, Biden is right. MAGA Republicans a threat to democracy. Reckless Biden demonizes 75 million Americans. Biden's hard truth. Democracy under grave threat. Joe's, quote, basket of deplorables moment won't play well. And one other writer says... um, Biden finally said it. Trump and the MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. He's right. And he says, this is not a speech targeting all Republicans. 217-356-9397. We go back to the phones to Cindy. How you doing, Cindy? Hi. I just love your last caller. I have to say that first. <laughs> I just love his honesty. And I'm with him, and and I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying it's just perfect. He mm. can. I like the word jughead. I remember Archie. So I just wanted to say that first. My call is about the first caller, the uh, football field mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Can you tell me when they entered that agreement with the city? Was it when they were spending the seven point five million? Or what? How the heck did the neighbors get a voice? Yeah, I I want to say 2016, maybe. 
Somewhere back in there. So I think it was when they were. Was it at, when they were funding it? I think so, it? yeah. I think when the vote was coming down as to what they were going to do, based on what I've so read. I, so we're talking, I what is that? I don't get how, then, how they had to enter an agreement with the neighbors. Yeah. I'm not, it's not that's, their property. That's where I get confused, too, because I don't know what. It's not. Yeah, who. It was obviously a kind of a three-legged agreement, the city, the district, and the neighborhood. But I don't know but why they didn't. It's not their choice. It's the school district, the taxpayers, and, you know, the, all, all of us who funded the that. It did need to be improved. I mean, I, I'm back in the days when they bust them over to, to Centennial for the football game. Mm-hmm. And they needed that improved to be used. So I'm just flabbergasted that I don't live that. Okay, I live on the other, the west side of Duncan, and I hear every single word that comes out of the announcer's name, uh, announcer's uh, booth at the Centennial game. So I'm way far. I'm over half a mile, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's it's a football game, you know, big deal. It's a couple hours, you know. I'm glad they're having fun. I went to school there. So I just don't get, we, we never got a voice. I mean, when they improved uh, Centennial, as you see, have you seen it? You know, the, the huge building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. But nobody asked people across the street or us who can hear everything. Uh, there would obviously be a larger amount of students there. Nobody asked us our opinion. And I just don't get where these neighbors think that they have the right to stop a public football game that is funded by the public and is for the unit for school use. So there, that's my thought. Yeah, yeah, the agreement is there. It's just I'm, I'm like you. I'm just kind of, okay, so what went what? into that agreement? You know, why? And why? How did it get to who, that point? Who lived there yeah. that had some, uh, I don't know, chutzpah, I'm going to say, in the, in the city to allow them to even give them an option to limit the use. So I, I, if, you, if I don't know if anybody at the news Gazette can find that out, that to me that's just crazy. Well, we'll see what we can do. I'll, uh, I'll okay. dig a little bit and see if I can learn what went into that because uh, I'm, I'm as puzzled Ryan. as you are because it, I it may have been made and nobody thought anything about it at the time, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> here it is. And I, I, I mean, if you made it at the time, you were saying you can't play football. Yeah. And you're spending all this money. At least not on Friday so, nights. I mean, you can play right. other you can play so, other games there. You can play soccer there, and so, you can do track meets there. Right. So I don't know. So it was up front at the beginning, and I have no clue how the residents think they have that kind of power because we don't. I mean, the person next door to me can, you know, do whatever he wants on his own property. Uh, well, to, to within limits, but. I just don't understand that. Who? What kind of connection did somebody have around there to allow that to happen? So. Well, I'll poke around. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Yep, good Bye-bye. to have you with us. Uh, Nine twenty-six at DWS. Hi, Brian. The Boilermakers let one get away at home, but it was a great game. It was. Penn State eventually won it in the closing minutes. Uh, the offense was on display for both Purdue and Penn State. Last night, and I know it's only September. It was only September first, but I'm kind of like, yeah, I think I need Purdue to lose. <laughs> and nothing against the Boilermakers, but I thought you know they're in our division, so it's like that would help to lose that game. Was surprised to see Urban Meyer back 
working for Fox at the Purdue game last night. He's a horrible person. The job he did as Jacksonville coach should have been the last anyone heard from him. Well, and he got in trouble. What? He was at that bar in Columbus. He abandoned his team, went to a bar that he owned or one of the bars in Columbus on his way back from a game, I think Cleveland or Cincinnati or wherever it was. And um, I don't know. It was um, He's had an interesting career, and somebody will probably offer him a job again somewhere else, I mean, as far as in college football. But he's very good at analyzing games. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Scott is up next. Hi, Scott. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Hey, uh, going back to Tiny and his uh, opinion about the uh, speech, which I approve of, uh, after all, everything he said, Tiny said, and what Biden said in his speech, uh, all the conservatives in this country should take he should take that speech as a rallying cry to get that fool out of office. He's just off the wall. And uh, like I said, all the concern, everybody needs to get up and go vote. That's my big deal. That's the only thing, you know, and I know they stole the vote once. They'll probably steal it again. But, I mean, get up and vote and get these criminals out of office because that man is just out there you know yeah i like the idea of jughead but he's just <laughs> he's just i don't know i don't know what he is he's kind of like tiny said he's not a leader and like i said i believe all that administration is criminals anyway so my thing is get out and vote and you brought up the other day that you know it's almost time for early voting to start mm-hmm. yeah so there's no reason every conservative republican or whatever you need to get off your butt and go vote because the turnouts in this community are sad. Get out and vote. That's all I'm saying. And thank you, Brian. All right. Hey, thank you, Scott. Appreciate your thoughts. 929. Have a good uh, Labor Day weekend. Ryan Dallas Real Estate. They've been voted uh, year after year. People's Choice. Best in real estate. So many clients rave about their five-star experience. They've now helped, and i got some updated numbers, 550 families here is so far this year either buy a home or sell a home or whatever the case may be so ryan dallas real estate proof is in the results give them a call 833-595-SOLD or go to ryan dallas re.com ryan dallas re.com the official real estate team of the fighting illini ryan dallas real estate our illini friday Here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, news headlines coming up here in a bit. First a break, back with more here on A Penny for Your Thoughts on a Friday, heading into Labor Day after this. Back on a penny for your thoughts, 9.33. Got news headlines coming up here in a moment. Mary's with us. How you doing, Mary? Hi. Okay. Doing fine. Good. First off, I want to say that I agree with Tiny. He said it very well. Second, I would like to know who wrote that speech for Biden to present. I don't think he had the 
whatever to to write one. Yeah, well, presidents, just so you know, presidents have, they don't rarely write their own speech. I mean, most people write them for them, and then they kind of review it and make modifications. So he's not the first one to have that happen. So Oh, no, I know that. Yeah. But um, another thing, everything that come out of his mouth is exactly what the Democrats have done since they stole the election. And that's all I've got to say. Okay. Thank you, Mary. That was it, I guess. Uh, Drop the microphone. (laughs) 934. News headlines brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. And uh, let's go to CBS. Your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to go nowhere fast. Let's enjoy right here where we at. Who knows where this road is supposed to lead? We got nothing but time. Nine thirty-nine on an Illini Friday. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws.com. We'll be at the football game tonight, of course. Illinois and Indiana, huge, huge game. The team's already over there. They left yesterday. We're headed over there today. All of our coverage starting at 5 o'clock Central Time. Monocle's in Tolona if you need some lunch. Great place to go to lunch. Yes, they uh, serve lunch every day. More than just pizza. So if you think, well, I'm really not a pizza person. Well, they do have great pizza. They've got sandwiches and salads and appetizers and pasta. And uh, you can come by yourself if you just want to eat alone. Or you can bring a group. Or you can uh, eat fast if you want, in and out. You can eat and sit for an hour and enjoy all the decor and everything down there. It's where we used to go after Little League games when I was a kid all those years ago. Monocles in Tolono. Break out of your habit of going to the same three places week after week after week. Add a new one to the list. Monocles in Tolono off of Route 45. Easy to get to. 941. Mark's up next. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Yes, sir. Hey, Brian, did you happen to catch the speech? Uh, I did not. I was watching Purdue and Penn State. Did you see the visual of the speech? I did, with a dark red background. Who would want optics like that? I mean, you're talking about the soul of the nation, and you show up in the fiery hell. I guess it's appropriate, but you wouldn't think they'd be that uh, obvious. Well, some people some people were upset with the Marines in the background too. So, well, that too, because well, it was a. I mean, everybody's comparing it to Hitler, and his speech is right prior to World War II. Um which people should pay attention to. You know, I, I, I've been saying for a long time that we're, we're looking at the second coming of Christ and that we're in the process of the end of the age. And I hope people are waking up to what's going on. And if that speech doesn't um, kind of clarify things, I don't think anything will. Um, you know, when, when and again, I think Cindy called in and said she couldn't understand Joe writing that speech, and you clarified he didn't write it. But the people, his handlers wrote it, and that should concern everyone. That that says a lot, because we know Biden's nothing but a puppet. He doesn't have the mental capacity to do the job anymore. And one day, I hope the people have, who have used him as a puppet are held liable for that very action. I mean, if a man's not capable, it should be exposed, not hidden from the public. You know, when 
when MAGA Republicans don't respect the Constitution, they do not believe in the rule of law, they promote authoritarian leaders and fan the flames of violence. I mean, seriously, that's what MAGA does? You know, Marx made it clear, and Alinsky followed up, that accuse your opponent of what you are doing. And they are destroying our nation. They're not hiding it. All their actions are clearly against America. And when you throw in the World Economic Forum and their, their plans for world government and the Great Reset, it's happening to us. Our own, excuse me, those within our own government are the ones who are destroying this nation, not MAGA. MAGA is, again, this conservative constitutionalist uh, like Tiny, which Tiny's right, uh, we're the we're the obstacle because we understand what the Constitution says. We understand what the Declaration of Independence says, and we understand the Bill of Rights. And they're stripping us of all those things. You know, I think what's he say? He says Maggie is the most extreme political group in recent history. Are you kidding me? Extreme would be leaving your borders wide open, allowing all the drugs and sex slaves to be brought in, late term abortion defunding the police and looking at what has come of that, blow up the uh, cost of fuel to really affect everything and, and blow anyone's ability to, to live off a normal wage out of the water. You know, we got Hunter's laptop. Oh, my God, that thing is disgusting, and it totally ties Biden with the Chinese. Um, and then you got the vac. You know, that back, there's been so much information suppressed at how dangerous it, and the effects and the deaths and the adverse reactions from it, and they're still promoting it. You know, uh, right. you know okay, I'll, I'll close off. Yeah, close off here, because i got a lot of people in line here, so go ahead. I know, I've been waiting listening, too. I know. Um, I'm very concerned for this country in the near term, because he set us up for a false flag situation. They're going to start doing things and blaming it on MAGA people. And I hope people who understand get vocal, and I hope they stand up for America as we the people are in a real tight bind. They're, the bad guys are pushed into a corner because the truth is coming out, and they're going to respond. So okay. All right. buy more food, right? All right. Thank you, Mark. Have a good weekend. 217-356-9397 is our number. Uh, we had some questions earlier about what went into the original agreement with the neighborhood around McKinley Field? And, uh, of course, they're trying to get this game now moved from this uh, the site at Centennial Field from a Friday night to a Saturday afternoon. It was going to be Urbana. Now it's Wheaton-St. Francis. And uh, Jeff D'Alessio, editor of the News Gazette, may have some insight for us on this. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hey, Brian. I don't get to talk about Biden. <laughs> well, you can if you want. For <laughs> the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so can you kind of help us understand what went into the sure. original agreement on that? Yeah, I mean it's yeah uh, it, it's it's uh, we've written a lot about this obviously over the last uh, month and change. Um, so 2016, uh, the referendum uh, on the ballot for the third time passes, includes six schools and two fields, Balling Park and uh, McKinley Field. Uh, before uh, work is uh, completed, long before work is completed on all these projects, uh, the McKinley neighbors uh, meet with their uh, representatives, who at the time I think were 
Greg Stock and Alicia Beck. No, maybe Greg Stock and Angie Briggs, actually. Uh, neither one's on the council anymore. Um, that leads to an intergovernment agreement between the city and the district. Basically, um, you know, there's some kind of different versions of this, but it, it, it basically prohibits varsity football games from happening on this $7.1 million upgraded field, which, you know, serves as the practice field for varsity football and the uh, competition field for JV and, and other sports as well. So um, this part's fairly straightforward. I mean, the, you know, the, the neighbors expressed the concerns you've read about, um, you know, the noise, security, uh, trash, um, traffic, uh, you know, lights. Um, so, so that's kind of the, that's kind of the background. I don't think I left anything out. I mean, it, it obviously, it wasn't really an issue for the last couple of years didn't come up. Um, and you know, it's, uh, I actually, I married a maroon. So, um, I know this issue well, and I know that there's a, there's a big part of the central community that wishes they had to feel their own, didn't have to bus over to Centennial to play football. But, um, you know, that's, uh, it is what it is. Their uh, one remedy to that would have been to, uh, you know, to go along with the the first proposal, which was to put the high school and athletic complexes out there in Interstate Drive. But mm-hmm. we know how that went. Yeah. Now, is it unusual for like a neighborhood if there's something being renovated or built? Is it unusual for a neighborhood to like have a voice in like, hey, we well, or yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think if the neighborhood is organized enough, and if it's if the you know if it's the if it's a consensus, um, but you know the the it wasn't so much that uh, the neighbors were um, you know they this wasn't something you heard about before the 2016 vote. So it wasn't really an issue because it had never happened. You know, it it it, it wasn't like they were going to, you know, build a, a stadium that was twice the size of the current version of McKinley mm-hmm. or the past version of McKinley. So uh, it only kind of came up when I think people started to get the idea that, wow, this is a pretty nice field. Uh, maybe we should move our football, football team here. But, it, uh, yeah, I think if, you know, you've seen it with other issues, I think, um, happens in Urbana quite often. Uh where you'll get a pretty passionate group of neighbors to band together. Um, remember that happened with the, uh, remember the, the retention pond and the subdivision that uh, wanted to turn into like a, you mm-hmm. know, frat house uh, boats and all that. So, you, you know, the, if there's a homeowner association or there's just kind of, uh, you know, uh, a loud, uh, consistent voice within the neighborhood it uh they can affect change for sure yeah jeff delessi with us for a couple of minutes helping us understand because the discussion on all this moving the football game and and so forth yeah i'm just um i'm just always kind of fascinated how these agreements come about because if you're if you're the school district and you're building a new or renovating a facility for seven million um why would you even enter an agreement to limit it you know what i mean i mean why not say well that's tough we're going to do it anyway but I guess maybe they were trying to yeah. be good neighbors. I guess maybe they. Yeah, and and you know, there's people have changed. Um, that, that's an, I think that's a factor too. Uh, different council, a different school board, different superintendent. Um, so uh, I just don't think it was. There wasn't really a 
rallying cry on the other side the way there is now. With no one was really pushing for it. Yeah. So I think the the neighborhood just kind of wanted a safety valve put in place in case it ever came up. And frankly, I think that if this thing, this is just a, a little bit of an educated guess, but I think if uh, from the jump no one had said, wait, we need to play all the games there, or this could turn into something bigger, um, the neighbors would have been a little bit more accept, accepting of the idea. But the 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 feel you hear from a lot of people and that came up at last night's meeting, it's come up with others, is that, well, if we let them play one game, they're going to want to play more, and, you know, it's going to... Uh, so, um, no, it's interesting. I uh, I have become, in the last, like, three months, someone who I do this meeting minutes and more section on Fridays, so I watch, like, a lot of uh, school board, city council meetings, and it is really fascinating. <laughs> I never I never thought I'd be a, the type that did this, but... Um, you know, after spending a career mostly in sports, uh, mm-hmm. it, this is all kind of new to me. So I like DVR all these meetings. I'll come <laughs> home at midnight and watch your man city council. Um, but they, it, there are, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not a, you know, you don't get huge crowds at these things, but there are some, you know, pretty passionate, uh, uh, neighbors that will speak up on certain issues and, uh, and, you know, have the ability to kind of sway opinion. The Moors, you know, with the with right. the uh, shootings in their neighborhood. I mean, there have been countless examples of this. The Burnham Mansion stuff from a few years ago, um, where you know uh, the the plasma uh, center that wanted to go under ban a couple months ago. Uh, so it is kind of interesting. They're not all um, not all fascinating, but they're also not all dry either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. That minutes section, by the way, is is fabulous. I, l- I learn a lot. I appreciate the stuff in there. Thanks. I mean, that's really Thanks. good. So a lot of Thanks. lot of minutia there that is is uh, impacts a lot of stuff. So anyway, Thanks, all right. Man. Well, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate okay. it. Yep. No Very problem. good, Jeff Delessio, editor of the News Gazette, there with us. So um, uh, nine fifty two at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, let me see here, Michael up next. Hi, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Good. How's it going, Brian? This Good. Is Michael from down in Florida, down in Florida, guy. Yes, sir. Hey, I just I just wanted to kind of add on. You know, I, I don't know that <laughs> I, I don't know that I want to just discuss every single failure of Biden's administration, but I think the thing that bothers me the most is the unilateral ability to saddle the entire country with a half a trillion dollar bill, whatever you want to call it, you know, tax. And that being the, um, you know, the student loan forgiveness, that that's never happened. And that's happening under the guise of a COVID emergency. It's interesting. If you listen to your own news broadcast, right, what about three, well, 15 minutes ago now, they even said the jobs report today is pretty clear indication that, you know, hiring is returned to in excess of COVID level emergencies. Never in history has the president by himself or herself been able to just enact a tax like that. That has to go through, you know, what do they say? They say that the uh, the Congress has the purse, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so the House of Representatives. Well, that, that, I mean, you should have those. That should be on vote. I mean, so, hey, yeah, I'm for it. I'm not for it. He's able to sign that with a stroke of a pen. That's I, I don't remember. I mean, I'm. Same age as you. I don't remember that ever happening before. Yeah. You're talking about student loans, right? 
the student loan. Student loan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. The student loan. It's such a huge. I mean, you're. I mean, think about it. It's a half a trillion dollars that yeah, he by himself <laughs> that by himself unilaterally said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna wipe this out." And you know, so in other words, in essence, that's going to be a tax on every other individual. I'm not, you know, you can talk all about the, um, you know, if you did go to college, if you didn't go to college, all those arguments. I don't care about any. I mean, do care about it, but I don't want to take that much of your time. I'm just saying, think about that single aspect. That's not supposed to happen. You're supposed to vote on that, so that that way people can look at it at a local level and say. You know what? I don't like it that my congressman X Y Z, whoever it is, you know, for wherever you live, voted in favor of that particular. If you want to call it a bailout, if you're conservative, if you want to call it a, you know, whatever you want to call it, if you're, you know, if you're more liberal, that just I've never seen that in history. Yeah. It's I'm, like uh, it's kind of like uh, in it's only like kids on a playground. Okay, we're going to play a game, and everybody kind of agrees to what the rules are. You know, here's here's how we're going to do it. And then somebody, some kid says, you know what, I'm not going to play by that rule. I'm going to do my own thing. And then everybody goes, well, how come how come he can do that and I can't do that? That's what the founding fathers set it up to say, hey, here's the guidelines. Here's what we want. This is kind of understood. And some people are kind of pushing the envelope. And, well, you know, legally I could do this and I can do that. Right. And give me a court challenge if you don't think I can or you know, just the rules are kind of understood to be followed, and when people don't play by the rules, that's where everybody gets upset. You know, cause and then like, what happens in the next administration? I mean, you know, you and I are old enough. I mean, we've seen, and it's a pretty serious topic if you think about it, because you and I have seen, you know, what I I haven't took the time to calculate it out, but what probably seven or eight presidents realistically. I mean, I I remember back to Nixon for sure. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Ford. So if you, if you think about it, I mean, so what's the next administration when it does become Republican going to do? I mean, they are going to lash out because of, I mean, that, that's some pretty serious things that have happened. I mean, the speech is one thing, and which is, I think, was horrible. But that being said, I mean, there's so many mistakes. And, and, but that's just my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. That's just uh, somebody that's more conservative. But when I think about the ability of a person, all I can think of is that word unilaterally. You're able to do that all by yourself. That's never been done before, and that's an awful lot of money to just say, hey, you know what, Brian, you get to pay for it, and Mike down in Florida, guess what, you get to pay for it, and everybody in Champaign and everybody in wherever, right, we all get to pay for it. (laughs) One person, and there's no accountability. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great right. to see you. <laughs> yeah, what Margaret Thatcher said. Eventually, you run out of everybody else's money. So, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a great line. Hey, have a good day. It's good. Thank you. you. Thank you, Michael. To, I haven't been able to listen for a couple of weeks. I've been out on the road, so I figured I'd call and say hi. Glad to have you back. Take Thank care. you. Appreciate it. All right, two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. A quick break. Back with more in a moment. All right, we got the news coming up here from CBS. Our show today, Illini Friday. We're ready for Indiana tonight. Brought to you by OSF Healthcare, Cardiovascular Institute, Expert Heart Care, right here for you in Champaign-Urbana. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. The news next at the tone. Talk a little Ollie and then do some more up till 11. 
It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. On a penny for your thoughts, good to have you with us here on what we call Illini Fridays. Of course, we don't have a home game, but OSF does sponsor that, and it's brought to you by OSF Healthcare. They want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, go to osfhealthcare.org slash mission. We'll be headed out after the show today for the trip to Bloomington, Indiana. We'll be there tonight. All of our game day coverage coming your way at 5. The game kicks off at 7. And we'll see how the Illini do. This is a big one. If they can get it done, meet a 2-0 and and Virginia coming to town on the 10th. So uh, let's go Illini, as they say. All right, 10 after 10. We'll get back to some open line here in just a little bit. Got some more texts and emails that have come in. Thanks to Jeff, uh, Jeff D'Alessio for popping on for a few minutes in regards to the whole football uh, McKinley Field situation. Uh, at the University of Illinois, Ollie is over there. They've been there a few years. The Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at Illinois. Janet Summers is the outreach specialist for Ollie. How are you? I'm great, Brian. Good. Thanks Good. for having yeah. me. Ready for Labor Day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Three day weekend. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, Ollie's been around a little bit, right? A few years ago. Yes. Started. Uh, we actually um, started the the project in uh, 06, but we started our first classes in 07. So. We're, we're considering this our 15th year, and um, it's, it's going well. So define what OLLI is. Okay. I mean, the letter, and kind of explain what it is. I, okay. The, uh, OLLI is, a, is the acronym for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. Uh, we are a program that provides lifelong learning for people who are 50 and over. Uh, we are, um, as you said, part of the University of Illinois, but we're also part of a, a national network of Ollies um, supported by the Bernard Osher Foundation. So Ollies are all around the country. There are a lot of them in Florida because there are a lot of retirees in Florida. Mm-hmm, sure. So they are always affiliated with the university. So mm-hmm. we we obviously are affiliated with the University of Illinois. All Ollies are different. Uh, the Osher Foundation doesn't have a cookie cutter pro, uh, f- uh, profile for us, so we're able to do a lot of um, innovative things locally. So our our um, lineup is we do two semesters of eight week classes, one in the fall and one in the spring. So we're getting ready to launch our fall semester. It starts September twelfth and runs through it the Friday. I think it's November fourth. Mm-hmm. So we have about. Uh, almost 30 classes. Some are eight weeks, some are four weeks. Um, all sorts of topics, um, art, science, literature, uh, history. Um, and you can find all of that on our website, which is ollie.illinois.edu. Um, and so, um, we're excited about it. Um, it, you know, it's been a challenge because of the pandemic, but we're doing the classes, um, some are in person. Um, some are on Zoom, and some are what are in hybrid. So you can either come in person or or watch the lecture over Zoom. Yeah. So where do the classes take place? Where do you Where do you meet at? 
our lo- we're located at the M2 building in downtown Champaign on the second floor. We have a lovely space. Uh, when Before the pandemic, we, we had a classroom that seated 100 people. We've pared that down to 40 <laughs> so people can distance. And uh, that's a room that we use for hybrids. So our professors and speakers um, can speak to, the, to a live audience and also speak over Zoom. My wife and I's accountant is on that same floor. I think. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. So we're, so I go by there all the yep. time. <laughs> so and we've got I'm, a sign on our, on the building now. That's so right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, big letters. Yes, right? on yes. the side. Yeah, on the Hill Street side. So um, you mentioned the different categories of classes. Like, what might be an example of a a class? And you have who teaches the classes? I guess you might talk talk about that. That's a yeah. good question. All of our classes are um, taught by experts in the field. Some are retired university professors. Some are current university professors. We have retired Parkland um, professors, and we have community experts. So all of the classes are we, – we started out with this uh, mantra that they were in, intellectually stimulating. So they, they're, they're pretty um, – I mean, they're geared for a, a general audience – but the professors are, are you know, very well schooled. Mm-hmm. So, so I, as I said, the, our classes start September 12th, mm-hmm. and we've got um, we the first class. The first day is a history of photography, mm-hmm. uh, as th- seen through my personal collection, and that's taught by Craig McGonigal, and he is a a, par- a Parkland person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the art and craft of writing as portrayed in film. That's taught by one of our members and a writer named Frank Chadwick. Um, we've got popular ballroom dances, uh, introduction to Tai Chi. So we do have a, f- a few wellness classes that are offered. Uh, international Law of War, uh, really good class on Turkey taught by Janice Jays, who's a very popular professor. In fact, last I think last semester she was in Turkey but teaching for Ollie over Zoom. So that was okay. a first for us. <laughs> so, yeah. So And then uh, genomics and you, that's taught by, um, it's a team taught by professors from the university, really um, mm-hmm. from the um, Woe's Institute for Genomic Biology. So mm-hmm. those are the classes that will yeah. start in September. Okay, September. So you can you still sign up for those? Yes. yes. Uh, a, a few of them, I think, the in-person um uh, ones may be full. Like I said, we've we've tried to keep our numbers a little bit lower in person, right. but um, we can always accommodate people. If, and if they get online and they see something's uh, at a, on a wait list, just give us a call. Our number is two one seven two four four nine one four one. So, and we've got a our office manager is the new. She's very helpful. So, yeah. It's a good thing. Good things. Janet Summers is with us here for a few more minutes. Outreach Specialist for OLLI at Illinois, the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute and uh, through the University of Illinois. And, uh, again, it's uh, one of those things where maybe you're – you wish you'd have taken a class in college or you wish you'd have graduated and, you know, got a degree in a certain topic. Uh, I guess you're gearing it towards folks that just want to learn, right? Learn yes, more about yes. and kind of it's we call like learning for the fun of it or intellectual, you mm-hmm. know, stimulation. There are no tests and no grades. Okay, um, but we do have a few other programs that um, that are so. First of all, as I said, we have these class the courses that meet twice a year for eight weeks, and then 
during the time that the courses aren't meeting, we have study groups, mm-hmm. and they're run by our members. And there might be a little bit more um, study involved on the part of the participants. Mm-hmm. It's a much more discussion-oriented um, setup or format. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, we have people that meet and talk about the New Yorker group. We have people that meet and talk about the Economist magazine, I mean, New Yorker magazine. Um, we have a, always have a writing group. We have poetry writing. We've had poetry reading. We've had film um, groups where people, um, our members, um, talk about foreign films or um, films that involve whatever topic. Mm-hmm. So those those meet during the times that our that our courses don't meet. Yeah. Again, talking about Ollie at Illinois. When do the uh, what time of the day do you typically meet? Do you meet like? Uh, is it like a college schedule or a meeting every couple of days or how, how does that the work? The courses and the study groups meet for once. They meet once a week. Once per, a week. And okay. um, most of our courses are during the, the day hours. Um, I think we're starting at 930 this semester. We do have a few classes that meet in the evening from 6 to mm-hmm. 730. We're trying to gear up for um, – you know, recruiting more people that are still working because the program, um, you have to, you only have to be 50. Well, there are a lot of people who are 50 who are still working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to get, um, more working people involved. So we're trying to have more evening classes. And even eventually, I think we'll have some things on the weekends, maybe on mm-hmm. Saturday. And memberships, um, now we've, uh, opened it up. We used to have, uh, only members who were connected to, to East Central Illinois because everything was in person. But now that we have Zoom, uh, we're allowing people who have some connection to the U of I or alumni of of a, a college or a school mm-hmm. or, or, or they've lived here, mm-hmm. they've moved away, they can join. Mm-hmm. Full-year membership is $150 yes. for a whole year. Uh, full-year membership period, July 1, 2022 this year to June 30, 2023. And uh, there will be half your memberships available for the period from December 1 to June 30, 2023. 20, uh, a half your membership is 90. Those will be announced in mid-November. And, uh, yeah, the joy of learning. Right. I mean, uh, And we also, um, I think $150 for some people is a lot of money. So we, we offer scholarships for people. So if, if mm-hmm. you're interested in the program or if you see a course you want to take, but you don't feel like you want to spend that $150, just give us a call. We have um, our members donate money for people to, for a scholarship mm-hmm. fund. So um, it's called Ollie for All. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a nice aspect to the program as well. Uh, Rich texts in, says, Janet, I'll be in class. Great. Can't wait to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like the classes are filling up. I know you said the pandemic was tough because you had, you know, you just couldn't get together. Right. The uh, the pandemic. And, you know, and our population's older. older, So, um, you know, and obviously people are, we're concerned about, you know, getting COVID. Um, So we we did our classes on Zoom, it seems like forever. Um, We started in the fall of 2020. And I think we, we, did that for a year and then in the fall of 2021 opened up but under very strict masking mm-hmm. and distancing and as things have changed we follow the university's guidelines for mm-hmm. masking 
and distancing. So, you know, right now we're just strongly urging people to wear masks, but there isn't a mask mandate Mm -hmm. as there isn't one on campus at this point. Leave that up to the individual. Right. As it turns out. Right. Well, good. Well, um, this, I mean, this, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Ed Bond did this, right? You told me that. He took a class. Well, I don't know if. Or what he. He, I remember that he joined when we first, uh, when we first started, started. I remember. In fact, yeah. I think he might have been one of our first members <laughs> back <laughs> could, in 2007. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. other, a cu- couple of other things yeah, I want to mention sure. is, um, we we do the courses, we do the study groups, we also do one time lectures that are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have coming up a, a lecture um, on vaccines, which will talk about the new COVID vaccine. It's done by an epidemiologist. The new COVID vaccine. Monkeypox vaccines and influenza vaccines. Mm. Uh, we've had um, we had a lecture done by Matt Defanis on housing discrimination that was wonderful. Uh, we do lectures um, on music. Another one coming up on um, Joseph Cannon on one of our members who's yeah. been researching him. Right. Yeah. Over um, in Danville. Yeah. Looking Danville to honor him is, over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then um, we also have a citizen scientist program where we've connected with the Beckman Institute and the IGB and their um, students who are in labs um, reach out to, to us and um, let our our members come into the labs and work with them, which mm-hmm. some people are really, really love that. Yeah. Um, we also now just started some interest groups, um, which are, they're a little bit more, a little less formal, but study groups. So for instance, we have a hiking interest group. We have uh, handcrafting. We have an early American history. We have dance. We also have an ethnic cuisine uh, interest group where people are going to go around town to different ethnic restaurants um, once every couple of weeks. Hmm. And then we also do a lot of tours, which we're just starting back up because of being released a little bit from the pandemic. Uh, we'll have a tour of Beckman. Uh, we do. We go to Cranert. Uh, we will go to the History Museum, the Champaign County History Museum. And we do um, things after hours, like the at we there. There are jazz performances mm-hmm. at um, the Rose Bowl, and we all the members do that. So there's a lot of social things yeah. that go on that people really like. Yeah, well, uh, so the best place to go go to the website. Either uh, go to the website or give them a call, or give, give us a call, call and and mm-hmm. we'll we'll be able to help. Mm-hmm. What's your number again? It's two one seven two four four nine one four one nine one four one. And the classes are downtown at the M2 building. Yes. For the main classes. Right, so. right. And all the other stuff that happens, you can get involved. So right. this is a lot of fun. It is. This it's has grown a lot, too, over the years. Yes, it yeah. really has. Yeah. And uh, I, one of our members has a saying, he said, come for the classes, stay for the friendships. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I do, too. That's a good way to end it. Well, Janet, <laughs> yes. have a good uh, Labor Day Thank weekend. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, and good luck with everybody at Ollie. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. Back with more here in a moment. Ten twenty six. Getting ready to head to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. We'll uh, hear from a couple of the coaches here in the next half hour and some of the comments they've had during the week. Next Friday, by the way, we'll have the uh, show, the Illini Friday show that we do uh, officially for the home games. And Britt Miller from will join us, former Illini, of course, over in Decatur. And uh, Britt Miller with us next Friday during the course of the uh, show. 
We've got Tom Bruno next week. We've got uh, Judge Sam Limentado coming up in the uh, next couple of weeks, and Justice Steigman's in there, and all kinds of folks. All right, a couple of uh, emails that have come in here. One said, I was questioning, I was asking about wording. Uh, says a semi-fascist is someone who has some but not all of the characteristics of a fascist. It's similar to attempted coup, that is, conduct that if successful would lead to a coup, but the acts performed were not successful. When either one of those word phrases are used, MAGA followers ignore or pretend to not understand. All right, appreciate that. Thank you. 217-356-9397. Worse than Hitler, the threat to democracy is when a MAGA politician loses an election and refuses to acknowledge that they lost. A listener says, Whether you agree with Tiny politically or not, it's always refreshing to hear someone stand up for their own convictions. Thank you for giving all sides a voice on your show. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Hi, Brian. Yes, President Biden in some ways was drawing a line between the Trumps and the other grand old party Republicans, but he insulted both the Trump Republicans and the old GOP. To be sure, it was not a pleasant primetime moment, talking about his speech last night. We have heard this story before. In fact, for several years, it was not an insult to me. If the insult comes, it'll have to come at the midterm ballot box. Could he have another purpose for this speech? Was he making an attempt to bring in the independent voter or reach his political hand to the moderate? I have not heard anyone say this yet, so I must be wrong. Some might remember Jimmy Carter. He worried Republicans because he was an outsider. The Democrats thought the same about Trump and more. With Biden, the gas went up. With Trump, the gas went down. If an outsider ever welcomed down there in the swamp, question mark. Republicans are fuming. Democrats are fuming. Former President Trump is struggling in the deeper side of insider politics in Washington. You and I are counting what change we have left in our pockets. All right, that's an email from Chuck down in Tolono. All right, always good to hear from you down there. Thank you. Uh, another text, totally different topic, says, Me TV is cut from Comcast. Uprise, all you Comcast customers. So Me TV is out. Yeah, somebody was complaining about that yesterday. I know, I think Doug Quick on his website, Doug's up for a Pioneer Award, by the way, going to get a Pioneer Award from the Illinois Broadcasters. So congratulations to Doug, all his great work in the community on television and radio. But, yeah, he, he mentioned that on his uh, website and knew a little bit more about that than, uh, than most, I think. Uh, we can't be surprised, the texture says, by anything that comes out of Biden's mouth. He's insane, and the lib left have gone off the deep end. I was raised a Democrat by a very involved grandfather. He'd be rolling over in his grave if he saw his party now. So sad and very frightening. Obama created Trump. Uh, Steve writes in, says, good morning, Brian. Once again, Tiny accuses Joe Biden and Democrats of being hateful while spewing his own hateful rhetoric. Well, I guess when Tiny tells us what, well, I guess when Tiny tells us what he, Tiny, is, we should believe him. Have a good weekend, Steve says. Uh, hi, Brian. It's not Trump that I like. It's what he brings to the table by not being a politician. I truly feel that most people are completely sick of politicians. They're all getting rich on inside deals while not getting anything done. Here we are, no immigration policy. Our health care system, or Obamacare, cost Americans trillions per year. Our infrastructure is crumbling. One of your recent callers talked about voting. I have no faith in our voting system. 
I'm 47. I've never met a person that likes Dick Durbin, and yet he wins by a landslide every time he's up for election. It makes me sick when I see all of the illegals coming into our country every day and our politicians will not enforce the laws. We won't let a tennis player come play a tennis match, talking about uh, Djokovic at the uh, U.S. Open, but we'll welcome thousands of illegals and criminals in every day. And the threat to democracy, the news media, social media, the corrupt FBI, DOJ, corrupt swamp, and the Democratic Party, and all those in the big cities who keep voting Democrats into office. Tell me one big city that's in great shape. All right, totally different call. That's why you do an open line. It says, I'm curious as to what the plan is to improve the time it takes to get fans into Memorial Stadium and at concessions lines. Is it just a matter of hiring more people? I haven't seen the DIA release any details of the plan as of yet. Well, I know they met on Monday. We talked to Josh about some of the things they discussed uh, on the coaches show the other night at Papa Dell's. But I guess my guess is they'll have a little more detailed information probably early next week, I would think, as we get ready for the next home game. And yeah, they and Josh, you know, said, Hey, you know, we gotta be better. We can't <laughs> you can't have long lines. They had issues at the concession stands, they had issues trying to get into the stadium for a stadium that was what, sixty percent full, basically. Um you know, he he said, Hey, we gotta be better than that and hopefully they um uh, They'll get all that figured out. So here's back-to-back text. This is uh, it always is interesting. How is Mark allowed a voice? And another text says, call her Mark for president. <laughs> all right, 1033. Here we go. CBS News here at this hour. Let's go to that. I always loved this song growing up. Back on a penny for your thoughts. 10.38, headed for 11 o'clock, and then headed out to Bloomington, Indiana. I'll be gone uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Be off over the Labor Day weekend. And so back with you on when, on uh, Thursday, Scott Beatty will be in the chair. He'll do the Monday morning quarterback show coming up uh, next Monday after the game. And, of course, Steve and Lauren will be talking about the game on Saturday morning. I don't know what time they're going to get in from the game, but it's going to be late. That'll be uh, tomorrow morning. All right, 217-356-9397 is the number. Oh, I need to mention the library. Great authors at the library. I've gotten signed up. Hope you will, too. Doris Kearns Goodwin, September 29. I guess the event is full now, I'm told. That didn't take long. Well, I'm glad I got in on that. Uh, there's a couple of other authors coming up in November and April, so make sure you check that out on the Champagne.org for the Champagne Public Library. They had 3,843, 3,843 community members who participated in the Summer Reading Challenge. How about that? Grand prize winners announced in September. You can watch webinars on YouTube. If you have tech questions, you can contact the Tech Workshop. Sign up for a tech workshop or give them a call at 217-403-2000. Maybe thinking about starting a business, workshops, online tools, one-on-one consultations for starring and starting and growing a business. I guess you can star in your own business. And get that job, job now. They can help that too. All of that, plus all the books and everything else you get at the library, you can do all of that. 
Champagne.org. Go by the Champagne Public Library, Douglas Branch, Main Branch, wherever you go for that. I uh, got an email here. Let's see here. An answer to caller Cindy's question as to how it is a neighborhood gets a voice in public affairs. The answer is it happens all the time. The black neighborhoods in Champaign stop the Champaign police from purchasing tasers for a while. The Washington Street neighborhood in Champaign showed up at city council meetings demanding $10 million of flood relief. The Garden Hills neighborhood showed up at Champaign city council meetings and got $13 million of infrastructure improvements. The Project 703 neighborhood out of Monticello got hiring and retention bonuses for the Champaign police. The University Avenue neighborhood showed up demanding Champaign City Council member Alicia Beck's resignation. That was after the Moors were there. Cindy's suggestion that neighborhoods should not have a say in public affairs is a brand new idea. Her suggestions that neighborhoods that have clout, prestige, influence, and power are the ones that get the goods is an old idea. Yeah, and I... I Yes, I don't know exactly what um, she meant by all of that, but I but I, I get what she was saying. Is she was just curious as to how the how the if the school district is going to build the football stadium and renovate it, I guess for seven point one million, uh, how did they reach that agreement to where it's like, well, you can have the field, but you can't play on Friday nights? Where did how did that come about? And does the and apparently they did, and they had a say in it. And that's what happened, and now they're trying to amend it, at least for one game, and then we appreciate Jeff D'Alessio helping explain some of that, what happened a few years ago in regards to that. Uh, somebody else lets us know that MeTV came back to the airwaves yesterday afternoon. All right, you're going to have to help me. Did it's, They say it's gone, but it came back. Is it on a different, is it on a different channel? Did they move it around? Did they hear enough from people that they changed their mind? I don't know. So you have to help me with that. 1041 at DWS. Let's go back to the phones to Herb. How you doing, Herb? I'm fine, Brian. And uh, I got to admit, I agree with you. The bumper music hasn't suffered a bit. I was afraid it would, but huh. you play some great music. I don't well, know thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, concerning the speech... Uh, uh, I don't quite. Well, in the first place, uh, they didn't address. He didn't address any issues, any real issues. That seems to be a pretty common theme of, uh, amongst all politicians anymore. They only want to try to beat down the other side and uh, don't address the issues. Uh, Mr. Biden possibly didn't address them because they don't really have any answers. They, or at least they're not trying to find answers. Uh, well, the, the, what they're doing, is, and, and we're in election season now, especially now that we're at Labor Day, basically, uh, headed for the midterms. The Democrats were looking at a shellacking, uh, yeah. and there's two things that they can get their base motivated about. One is abortion, and two is Trump. And so that's yeah. the cards they're because they don't have any other cards to play. I mean, the immigration is a mess. Uh, the economy, you know, the gas prices, you know, they're coming down, but, you know, they could go back up again. Um, you know, the inflation, uh, pe the student loan stuff, there's a lot of stuff that the polls all show are very unpopular, and they're trying to hold on. They're, you know, originally the estimate was they were going to lose 40 seats in the House. Now the average is back down to like 23 from what I've seen, uh -huh. and they're hoping they can at least keep the Senate or keep it where it is now. 
And so that's the cards they're playing. Uh, Trump, 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 and then abortion. <laughs> and that's what they're yeah. going to, that's what they're going to hammer on. It's rather obvious that the, the agenda, uh, their agenda, their main agenda besides the uh, fossil fuels is to make sure that Trump can't run again. Well, I happen to be a Trump voter who would rather that Trump didn't run again for exactly what's going on. You know, uh, it's, it's going to cause so much turmoil if, if he was to get reelected. Uh, and what you said there about the, the only way that anything will get done, even if the Republicans win back the House, unless they have enough people to override vetoes, Nothing is going to get done for the next two years. Oh, well, yeah, and it probably wouldn't anyway because it's the election cycle is going to start again. Absolutely. Uh, right after the midterms. So it's not, you know, we had, we had debates, what was it, 2020? We had debates in 2019 for, yeah. you know, months before we even got to 2020. So. Well, and I don't really understand uh, why would you take a, a simple phrase like MAGA? MAGA means make America great again. If you are truly an American and want America to be what it was, if it is, well, it's declined, I have no doubt. But to me, if you're against MAGA, then you're the one that's threatening democracy. MAGA, MAGA is a simple phrase that they've turned into a cuss word. Well, and it's, uh, if you go back to Ronald Reagan's campaign, that was part of his campaign was yeah. basically make America great again, or it's morning in America on his re-election campaign in 84. Um, and um, I think part of it is that people, have, and it's getting more and more, I think, people are believing, you believe one of two things, that the country was founded on ideals, and it's been far from perfect, and we fought a civil war over slavery, and we've had a long battle you know, to get civil rights, and all of that, and it's ever-evolving, a more perfect union, or you believe that it was racist and corrupt from the start. And if you yeah. say, well, it was corrupt from the start, well, then we got to start over. I mean, it's, it's generally where people, you know, where the, um, you know, some people fall. They say, well, we need to, it's, it's wrong from the beginning. Jefferson was a slave owner, or this guy, and so they're all wrong, yeah. and so we got to blow it up. And that's... Yeah, well, that's uh, well and the other side of uh, the story here, Brian, and, and it comes from the Trump side. Uh, Trump needs to move away from the stolen election theme. Uh, yeah. It's not going to change. It's over. And there really are a lot of really good issues to campaign on now. Exactly. This, yeah. this stolen election, it's done. It's done. Move on. And yeah. uh, I I've, think been, I've been talking about I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I think you can, if you want to relitigate 2020, go ahead. But I don't think it's a winning strategy. Myself. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. It's done. It, and there there are so many things that, that this administration is doing wrong and has done wrong. Campaign on that. Forget mm -hmm. the civil election nonsense. Well, all right, Herb. Okay, hey, thank thanks. you. I appreciate you listening, and thank you. Uh, 1047 at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. If you're headed to Indiana tonight, the Beef House might be a stop. Hey, stop in. See Bob and Bonnie on your way down to Bloomington. Great steaks, great seafood, great pasta. It's all there. And if you just want something to drink, maybe you just want a salad. Maybe you just want to sip a cup of tea or something. You can do that on your way down. 
The Beef House, Exit 4, Covington, Indiana. They had all the uh, summer music theaters. They'll have more at Christmas, I would assume, and the dinner theater. It's just off of I-74. You could even, I mean, if you, I mean, it's right on the way. No matter how you get to Bloomington, you can go through Indianapolis and down south on whatever it is, 37 or around 465. Or you could um, go down 63 to Terre Haute and go over to 46 and get that way. You can, a lot of ways to slice and dice it. But the Beef House is on the way either way. You go. The Beef House, Exit 4, Covington, Indiana. Let me get to Tim real quick here, and then we'll get our uh, update from Brent. Hi, uh, Tim. I'm going to run the ball today. I'm not throwing it. You're running it? Um, I'm At, not Jeff wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm tongue-in-cheek with you. All right. Um, Bruce Knight is the city planner for the city of Champaign. Bruce Knight knows all the stories about old McKinley Field the cinder track McKinley Field, and Jeff D'Alessio in the paper needs to give a history of when it was opened and how many times Champaign High School played their high school football games there. That's not, I've never heard that once yet. I have a pretty good idea because my mom was a cheerleader at Champaign High. Mm -hmm. But until that is verified, you know, those kids want to play. They, they, they ran on Keep Central Central. That is part of keeping Central Central. And there are people in that neighborhood that grew up there that remember when football was played at McKinley Field. Oh, yeah. Oh, they played there for years. So, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. With Tommy Stewart, okay, and before. But let's get a little more history of why they want to play there. Hmm. Everybody's saying, well, it, there's reasons why they want to. And until that's addressed publicly in the paper, People don't know. Good suggestion. Hey, okay, thank and, you. Uh, ILL. I and I. You Good luck. Yep, Go thank you. Up. Yeah, he was referring to Purdue last night, had the lead late, and they kept throwing the football, and they gave Penn State time to, to rally. We'll hear from Brett Bielema, Barry Lunney, and Ryan Walters on our Illini Friday, brought to you by OSF. But first, our buddy Brent, every time I saw him, he said, Hey, kiddo, how you doing? Be good to see Brent again at some point. Here he is. This is Brent Musburger's Action Update. Sign up for free daily sports betting coverage for the Vegas Stats and Information Network at vsin.com slash newsletter. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The first top five matchup of the college football season Saturday night in Columbus, number two, Ohio State, favored by 17 and a half against fifth-ranked Notre Dame, part of a full slate of games including number 11, Oregon, plus 17 at Georgia, and 23rd-ranked Cincinnati, a six-and-a-half-point dog at 19th-ranked Arkansas. Inside of a week until the Bills and Rams kick off the NFL season Thursday night, the Bills the plus 550 favorite to win the Super Bowl this season, the Bucks at plus 750, the Chiefs and Packers at plus 1,000. Red-hot winning picks at X experts.winnersandwiners.com Save 75% on any best bet package with the promo code ACTION75. That's ACTION75 at experts.winnersandwiners.com For vcin.com, I'm Trey Westerberg, News Talk 1493.9 FM. Veteran for uh, Southern Indiana tonight, Bloomington. Have the game here for you. Our coverage at 5, kickoff at 7. We'll have our whole crew there. 
So how does uh, Brett Bielema feel on this Illini Friday about uh, Illinois played one game already? Indiana has tape on Illinois. Indiana has not played a game yet. There's, I think there's an advantage to having played a game already, and they jump right into conference play. Uh, how does that work? Here's the coach on that. Two different price tags, right? Uh, the first is there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I, I learned this as an assistant coach working with young players. Most young players have the biggest gain of the entire year from game one to game two, uh, just within a week, you know, because they see things for the first time. They understand the pace of play. Gabe Ackes, I promise you, he did a really nice job. But that, that tempo was coming at him. Well, this week it's an up-tempo team, right? So Wyoming was huddling. Now he's got to get ready for that moment. Um, uh, Matt Bailey, a lot of the young players, right? Matt came in and did some stuff. Uh, that first INT bounced off his hands. I promise you the next one he probably catches it, right? Like just little things along that that guys make big strides. Uh, for the value that Indiana has on us, that's a question for them, obviously. But um, anything that we put out there on film is something they can gain on, right? Like I made this point emphatically to our coaches yesterday, right? Like, um, just like we're preparing a scouting report on Indiana, they're making one on us, right? So any tip, any tell, any significant thing that we show them on film, we can use that as an advantage or a disadvantage to our preparation. Um, the difference is they got to make that call, right? So uh, it's a it's a tremendous challenge to our coaches and, and one that uh, I, I think we'll be ready for. Coordinators always heavily involved, of course, in everything that goes on. Barry Lunny, the new offensive coordinator, came here from UTSA. Tommy DeVito, the new quarterback, transfer from Syracuse. How did Coach Lunny feel about DeVito's performance last week and then going forward? I think he settled in as the game went on. I mean, shoot, I mean, I had, I had nerves. I mean, I don't think they were called jitters, but, I mean, how, you, you know, you work all year round and you have 12 opportunities, and when that opportunity gets before you, like, adrenaline pumps. I mean, that's just – you just can't stop it from pumping, you know, and as a player, as a coach or whatever. And, and so uh, I thought he, you know, early on uh, – you know, kind of that was really going, in, you know, in him. And, and it didn't rattle him by any means because he was really composed, but just that extra adrenaline, he leveled off. And as the game went on, uh, just got better and better and settled in more and more. And I uh, thought for his first game, he did exactly what we asked him to do uh, and performed at a, at a really a really nice level. How well do you think he did at reading and options and just poise in the pocket? Yeah, I thought he did a nice job. That was one of, you know, one of the things we wanted to stress with him is I thought our guys did a – a good job of protecting him and uh, we, we weren't under, under duress a whole lot you know uh, Wyoming kind of chose to play um, you know pretty pretty vanilla defensively uh, it's kind of their MO anyway but I think even more so not 100% sure what to expect from us it was we got kind of a, a vanilla response from them defensively and so um, but you know I thought just overall he handled himself with pretty pretty good composure from start to finish. And finally, the defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, on uh, not showing too much on film, or did they defensively? Here's Ryan Walters. Based on, on that. what they were presenting, uh, sort of allowed us to stay with what we were kind of doing. Um, and what we were doing was working, so I didn't feel like you know, we had to you know, unload, the, unload the clip, per se. Um, you know, we, we were pretty vanilla on third downs because they were staying in, in 12 personnel and in bigger sets. So, um, you know, as a as a play caller, you know, you kind of you have an idea of what to, ex to expect going through a game, but you also have to adapt. Um, and I thought our, our coaches did a great job of, of identifying what was going on and, um, and coming up with answers in game um, adjustment wise. And so that that's an, another a uh, sign of, of maturity as a staff, you know, that was that was as efficient 
um, in-game adjustment as I as I've been a part of since I've been here, and I just think it's you know it's also year two for the players in the system, but it's also year two for the coaches. Big features on both uh, Barry Lunny and Ryan Walters in the News Gazette today. All right, Kurt's up here before the top of the hour. Go ahead, Kurt. Yes, about McKinley Field. Uh, mo- most of my f- friends that I know that live in that neighborhood are all and still live there are all for watching a Champaign High School get football game and even a few more baseball games. But comes come to find out, I think that most of these people that are against it to live in that neighborhood are transplants, and they moved they moved in from somewhere else. At least that's what my friends that live in that neighborhood tell me, because the people they know and they grew up with that live there, they're all for wanting to see a Champaign High School game. And, of course, to me, it's not central. It's Champaign High School. And that's basically what I have to say about it, Brian. Thank you, Kurt. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend. 10.59. Here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, uh, somebody mentioned Clinton used the phrase make America great again. He may have. I think Bill uh, Clinton emphasized the bridge to the 21st century, right? That's what he was, he and Al Gore. They were the the baby boomers that were going to um, give us the bridge to the 21st century. Now we're 22 years into it. <laughs> And as a recent victim of a home invasion, I'd like to praise the Champaign Police Department. They were great. Overfund the police, someone says. All right, thanks for being with us. I've run out of time. I've got to get on the, the road here to Bloomington, Indiana. We'll talk to you tonight from there with Martin O'Donnell and Michael and Steve and Ed and our entire crew. Hope you'll join us and enjoy the rest of the afternoon, into the afternoon, rest of the morning and the afternoon. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. We'll talk to you tonight from Bloomington. Enjoy the rest of your day and go Illini!